0: What do you mean, wait in the parking lot? I demand to be heard. All right,
1: madam, wait a moment.
0: Miss Universe Contest, indeed. I got a few things I'd like to say about that, Buster.
1: All right, look, I do not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it.
0: So when do I get to say it?
1: Will you have a seat? Hit it, Billy. This is the third show of the series of a brand new radio series. From Hollywood, Green Blinder Swim fin presents the Stan Freeberg Show. With the music of Billy May hey. What's the songs of Peggy Taylor With Josh Butler, June Parade Peter Lee and the Judd Conlon Rhythm Air You may not find us on your TV Because in case you did not know, we're being brought to you on
2: Brought to you on Brought to you
1: Uh huh. See, actually, I expect a little more of an ovation, a little more of a tribute than that, mm-hmm. Fred. Yeah. It sounded kind of like a seal. <laughs> well, 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 just a moment, I'll check with the sound man. Hey, Charlie, that a seal? Yeah,
2: it was a seal.
1: <laughs> oh. oh, come on, you folks in the studio audience. Let the people at home know there's somebody here beside one miserable seal. Thank you. That's a little more like it. I just wanted CBS Radio to know that I have many fans among the flippered folk. After all, uh, CBS is investing quite a chunk of money in my show. I mean, when you consider that they could have taken the same money and bought the screen rights to the Santa Monica phone directory. <laughs> A 300-page paper on the underlying significance of the geophysical year by Jane Mansfield. (laughs) And a pretty good-sized chicken ranch in Pacoima. Why, uh, it makes a man feel pretty humble. Matter of fact, I feel so humble I can hardly walk. (laughs) Which reminds me, a funny thing happened to me on the way to the show. You folks at home may... Us folks at home, get a load of that guy.
3: Oh, Sylvan, I was listening to that.
1: They should have bought the chicken ranch.
3: I was trying to listen to that.
1: And I was trying to read Orphan Annie. Hey, get a load of that mountain lion.
3: I'd like you to see... get a load of Freeburg. Will you turn him on,
1: Sylvan? Okay, okay. Guy says alligator. I thought you
2: said bagpipe.
1: <laughs> With this, he gets laughed.
3: Sylvan, you didn't hear the whole joke.
1: Alligator, I thought you said bagpipe too. <laughs> Gotta remember to try that on the boys.
3: Turn him back on, Sylvan. We're probably missing something. All right, will
1: you relax, Velma? We've only had him off for eleven seconds. Now,
3: what could he do in eleven seconds?
1: Well, we hope you enjoyed our capsule version of Oklahoma. (laughs) Drop us a car and let us know if you think it suffered in the editing.
0: Come on, snap it up. When are you going to get around to me?
1: All right, all right. Now, madam, what is your problem again?
0: You had a big contest here, right, Miss Universe.
1: That is true. However, I'm afraid it's over now. You're
0: telling me it's over. I spent two weeks trying to get in that lousy Long Beach lineup.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they wouldn't pay you any mind, eh?
0: No mind at all. You've got some manners in what you call your world.
1: Yes, well, just, uh, where are you from? I mean, what manner of... I uh...
0: am Miss Jupiter. i am chosen out of 10,000 girls on our planet.
1: Miss Jupiter? Why, that's amazing.
0: Why? Look, the contest was called Miss Universe, right? Right. So how come they wouldn't let me in?
1: Well, you got a point there.
0: That's my antenna.
1: <laughs> oh, so it is, yeah. Look, uh, Miss Jupiter, uh, how did you get here?
0: I flew my saucer down. What do you think?
1: Yes, I see it there. Why don't you climb all the way out of it?
0: I have climbed all the way out of it. I parked it outside.
1: Yes, but those wheels. What about those wheels?
0: Those wheels, as you so indelicately put it, happen to be my best feature. Some girls got curly antennas. Other girls got cute suction cups. I got shapely wheels. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty shapely at that.
0: (laughs) You know it, they're shapely. (laughs) I see new eye in them.
1: Well, uh, they wouldn't let you in the Miss Universe contest, eh? That's a shame.
0: Discrimination is what it is. If you're going to run a Miss World contest, run a Miss World contest. If you're going to run a Miss Universe contest, shape up. Let's be tolerant of all planets.
1: Nicely put. But look, Miss Jupiter...
0: You can call me Zuzu, honey. All
1: right, look, Zuzu, honey. Perhaps they found out you were married.
0: Yeah? yeah, but I ain't married and I'm over 18. The least I could do was get a couple of modeling jobs like Leona Gage.
1: Well, I'm just wondering if your height had anything to do with your being ruled out. How tall are you?
0: Two foot one. <laughs> In high heels. <laughs> Think that's too tall?
1: No, I, I had in mind the other way around.
0: Well it's tall by right? you put a standards, buddy. <laughs> and how about them measurements, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, how about them measurements? What are they?
0: 39, 39, 39. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those markers.
1: You can count on me. <laughs> Believe me. Well, look, Zuzu, we'll try and get you a couple modeling jobs.
0: Oh, get me a couple, will you?
1: Okay, I'll give them a buzz over at Fantasy and Science Fiction.
0: Oh, gee, I certainly appreciate that.
1: (laughs) Well, from week to week in this spot, as you know, we will be bringing you somewhat uh, unusual elements, including the truth about tree toads, a build-it-yourself Great Wall of China kit, <laughs> and a child psychologist only four years old. Tonight, however, we take you through the magic of radio to romantic Laguna Beach, where the Skin Divers Mandolin Club is holding their annual festival. Here we are in Laguna. hold down the surf, please? Thank you. Here we are in Laguna. This is a sight to behold. Just picture it, ladies and gentlemen. On this beautiful white beach are gathered over a thousand skin divers in their rubber suits that look for all the world like shiny, long, black underwear. (laughs) This is truly a scene. This is the moment, ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting for. (whistles) Just imagine it. On that whistle, a thousand snorkels were slurped into place. Now the mandolins are held over the heads of the skin divers, their picks are ready, and now that romantic moment, when with swim fins flapping, a thousand skin divers, like a black rubber river, strum their way into the surf, and quietly slip into the
2: golden sunset of the blue Pacific.
1: We hear the gentle picking of their mandolins, and the hum of a thousand snorkels. Yes, it's time again for their 2,600-mile swim, for their annual surprise visit, to serenade our friends at lovely Waikiki beach.
2: in the beautiful Hawaiian Islands, where the temperature never changes.
3: The temperature in Molokai is 78, and Kahulau, 78. And Lily O'Kalati, 79.
1: And as the last mandolin strums into the sunset, we say, Arrivederci, frogmen. Arrivederci. And good night, Harry Owens, wherever you are. (laughs) Peggy, come on out here. Peggy Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. Well, how did you like the Skin Divers Man Lynn Club, Peggy? Oh, you enjoy that? Fine, Standard. Mm-hmm. Fine. Do you
3: know who invented the first diving suit?
1: No. Do you?
3: Why, yes. It was Leonard Norcross of Dixville, Maine, and he patented it on June 14, 1834. Patent number 7644W90. Oh, uh,
1: Course. What's the matter with oh. me forgetting a thing like that? Sakes. <laughs> By the way, where did you get that fascinating bit of information?
3: Oh, uh, I get around, Stanley. <laughs> like me to sing there?
1: Yeah, I'd like that. Is Judd Conlon going to sing with you?
3: Yes, he and five others.
1: All that and Billy May, too? Yes. Gee, it's spectacular. Sing, dear. <laughs>
3: lucky street when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek oh i love to climb a mountain and to reach the highest peak but i don't enjoy it half as much dancing cheek to cheek Oh, I love to go out fishing in a river or a creek But I don't enjoy it half as much as dancing cheek to cheek Oh, dance with me I want my so that I can hardly speak, and I seem to see the happiness I see when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek.
1: ever faithful to the policy that the Freebird show goes everything, sees anywhere, and does anyone, we join field man Leroy Straddle high in a tree on the banks of justly famous Lake Wacamaca Tuckapeck in northeastern Oregon. Take it away, Leroy Straddle. <laughs> Thank you. This is Leroy Straddle here, high in a tree that hangs over the justly famous Lake Wagamagatuckatuckapeck in northeastern Oregon. My, we're pretty high up here today, believe you me. And with me is Mrs. Hagmire Prill, who you may remember, I'm sure, a sculptress and nature lover.
0: Oh, I'm not here with you. I was here before you came.
1: In a manner of speaking, you are here with me or I am here with you. It does not matter. Well, it does to me. All I'm trying to say
0: is... Let's delay the hogwash and get on with it. Yes,
1: yeah, Certainly, certainly. Well, Mrs. Prill <laughs> is wearing a most... Interesting uh, costume, I might just add.
0: Where'd you get that interesting costume stuff?
1: Well, I just noticed it. Well, I'm...
0: all the members of the club wear the same thing when we're in the field. Midi blouses and bloomers are most practical.
1: And uh, what is the name of your club again?
0: The Upward and Onward Girls. The Upward and Onward
1: Girls, eh? Yes,
0: The Upward and Onward Girls, eh? Do you want to make anything out of it? No, indeed.
1: No, indeed. I know not I think. That's just oh,
0: hush now, listen this... That's the yellow-bellied fat sucker. <laughs>
1: well, you could have fooled me. <laughs> yes. Now, you all wear the midi blouses and bloomers, is that correct?
0: Yes, all except Alice Baumgarten. She lives down the street from me, you know.
1: No, I didn't know
0: that. Well, she does. She's a lovely girl.
1: I'm sure she is. We have to move right along <laughs> Yes, now. she does.
0: Well, anyway, Alice wears shorts. I don't like to say it, but she's one of those girls who think she's got good-looking legs. And does she? Young man, I didn't climb all the way up this tree to discuss Alice Baumgarten's legs.
1: Well, I'm sure that we didn't climb up to discuss the legs. Can't
0: you hear it, you idiot?
1: And I hear what?
0: The tree toad.
1: You mean that? Groop, groop. That's a tree toad?
0: Uh, yes, that ooh, 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 is a tree toad, or a, a tree frog. <laughs> oh, a very interesting child of nature, it is.
1: Unquestionably. Could you tell us more?
0: Well, it's one of the tailless amphibia that Mother Nature's adapted to tree living. You see, the tips of its tiny fingers and toes are fitted with weird adhesive discs that adhere to the bark of the tree by the rapid and intense pressure of the distal phalanx. That's... Fascinating. (laughs) Oh, yes,
2: indeed it is. Yes, that's fascinating.
0: (laughs) With those discs, the little darlings can go hippity-hippity all over the tree. Do you know what this is, Mrs. Stratton?
1: No, Mrs. Prill. What is it?
0: The mating season.
1: I'm sorry, Mrs. Prill, but I am engaged to a lovely girl.
0: (laughs) I'm not talking about you, you clockhead. Oh. I'm speaking about tree frogs. Oh, pardon me, pardon me. Yes. Well, I was just going to move out on this limb and see if I can find where little mother froggies laid her eggs.
1: Yes, well, I wouldn't go too far out you on see, the limb. The
0: mother tree frog lays her eggs underneath that overhead of the water. Those are the filmedusaci, of course.
1: Of course. Be a little careful there, Mrs. Prill. And
0: when eggs hatch, the teeny weeny little tadpoles go into the water where they spend their larval life. <laughs> Isn't that interesting?
1: <laughs> Interesting and moist, I'm sure. So while Mrs. Krill is getting a first-hand look at the larval life of the tree toad, it's back to Hollywood. Well, so much for nature study. Now we come to the variety portion of our program.
3: Oh, what's that going to be, Sam?
1: You like acrobats, Peggy?
3: yes, I sure do.
1: Good. At this time, I'd like to present for the first time on radio, the Zasaloff family.
3: Zasaloff? What nationality is that?
1: Swiss. This way we don't offend anyone. Good. (laughs) After 11 times on the Ed Sullivan Show, and what with the circus out of business, there was no place else for them to go. Ladies and gentlemen, the Zazaloff family! Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, I wish you could see this. They're building a human pyramid of bodies. Oh, there he is hey, up hey, in hey, the hey, air! Hey, look at that! He's hanging by one. Oh, now, he's on the cedarboard now, he's wearing purple shorts. And, oh, there he goes! And how do you like that guy? Acrobats on radio.
3: I rather enjoyed it, Sylvan.
1: Velma, maybe you're not well.
3: Do you mind if I hear the 3 bird program?
1: Oh, Velma. Come
3: well, on, we probably missed his version of My Fair Lady or something.
1: Yeah, that'll be the day. We probably missed some interesting thing like the discussion on projected hoe-handle production for fiscal year 56-57.
3: Don't be ridiculous. Turn him on.
1: Oh, all right. Certainly want to thank you, Mr. Armstead Frag, for coming up here and giving us your views on projected hoe-handle production (laughs) for fiscal year 56-57. Oh, thank you, Mr. Freeberg. The pleasure was mine. Many of you who heard our historical sketch on Barbara Fricci may be asking yourselves rather indignantly where we got our information. Well, I'll tell you where we got our information from our historical research man, Mr. Robert E. Tainter. Well, uh, Mr. Tainter... uh... Call me Bob, Stan. (laughs) Well, Bob, uh, can you give us a little of your background? Well, Stan, I'm a research specialist. I started out on the editorial staff of one of America's leading publications. And that was? Confidential. <laughs> and are you still uh, with them? No. They had no guts. <laughs> I really couldn't work for a magazine that just pussyfoots around. <laughs> when I get a story, I want it printed. Well, I admire a man of conviction. And by the way, have you had many? The longest was 30 days. Oh. Well, uh, tell us, uh, Bob, uh, what did you do before Confidential? I worked with the police department. Oh. I see. A detective? No. Stool pigeon stand.
2: <laughs>
1: I was on regular salary. Mm hmm. A sort of civil service snitch, as it were. Quite, yes. Well, uh, how did you happen to get into historical expose? Uh, well, I. I found there was a wealth of dirty linen in the history hamper. (laughs) Nicely put. Well, you have a rather refreshing point of view, Mr. Tainter. Uh, Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Well, some people, you know, they look at the idols. I look at the clay feet. An interesting hobby. Yeah. I got a collection of clay feet that did knock your hat off. I'll bet. Well, tell me, uh, what historical illusion are you about to destroy for us this evening? Uh, tonight, Stan, I have picked Custer's last stand. Oh, oh Perhaps you'd better come back. Now, no, 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 look, time. Right, no, no, it's off. not General Custer himself. I mean, I'm still working on him. Yes, I know, but... but he that has his colonel, you see. Yeah, I really rather not hear sure about please it. Listen, Stan? Really? Listen. Come on, well, Stan. Yeah, all right. What? General Custer. What? Yes, and then what? Oh, who ho, ho, goes there? Put down that rifle, you idiot. It's me. Oh, gee, Colonel, sir, it's you. I I didn't recognize you in the dark. Yes. Right. <clears throat> did you have a hard ride, sir? Of course I had a hard ride. Why do you think my horse is all covered with lather? Well, I didn't know. I thought maybe you were going to shave him.
2: <laughs>
1: all right, never mind. Come in my tent. Hi- uh, yes, sir. Come oh, by the way, sir, did you ride all the way to Little Bighorn? Yes. Did you see any Indian... Uh, yeah, I I saw a couple, yes.
2: Just a couple? Well, it
1: might have been a half a dozen or so. I I really didn't count them. Uh, look, uh, Jenkins, uh, stand up next to me back to back, will you?
2: Okay, sir. Mm-hmm.
1: A hair shorter. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll have to do. Here, my boy, slip into my coat. Me?
2: Put your coat on, Colonel? Keep turtle?
1: your voice down. Keep oh, your voice down. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Close that tent flap and don't slam it. Oh, yes, sir. All right. Put on my boots. Yes, sir. Oh. Hey, 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 this is sure fun, Colonel. I always wanted to dress up like an officer. Mm-hmm. How's the boots? Well, they, they, they feel pretty big. A big, are they? Have you got the same thing in the nine and a half triple A? No, I'm going to have it Here, drop these marbles in them. Oh. You'll appear taller as well. Uh, okay, Colonel. Now, here's my hat. And here, wear my sword. Oh, Colonel, sir, I couldn't put on your sword. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. Hurry it up, please. Gee, do, do you mind if I primp a little in, in front of your mirror? No, I guess not, but be quick about it. Oh, hurry boy. up.
2: Attention! Straighten up that line, man! Shh.
1: Hey, quiet! What's the matter? Voice, now. Oh, oh. Hey, Colonel. Hey, Colonel, sir, how come you're putting on that Indian headdress and, and that war paint? Well, I. It's a little masquerade I'm going to. Kind <laughs> of a practical joke I'm playing on General Custer. Oh, Frank, oh, I love jokes. Gee, when he sees me in your suit, he'll think I'm you, huh? <laughs> I'm banking on that. <laughs> Gee, Colonel, sir, you look for all the world like a real American Indian. Ugh. <laughs> Hey, that's rich. Sir. That's Lower your voice. Let's keep your oh, voice down. Lower oh, my voice down. Oh, yeah. Right, now, hurry up. Say, Colonel, sir, what do I tell General Custer if he asked me if I saw any Indians to the west? Tell him anything you want. And by the way, Jenkins, which way is east? Uh, which? Uh, that way, That That way right there. All right, uh, yes, fine. Sir. Thank you. I say, I'll thank you uh, not to tell the general about our little secret. It's, uh, it's a better joke that way. Oh, <laughs> you can come <laughs> on me, sir. Hey, Colonel, sir, I think I hear Indians on the warpath. Is that part of the joke, too? Uh, in a manner of speaking, yes. <clears throat> Quickly, is your horse saddled up? Uh, yes, sir, it's right outside. All right, then, I'm off. Uh, but, Colonel, so what horse will I ride? Jenkins, I'm going to give you my very own horse. You can ride right next to General Custer. Ah, uh, gee, Colonel, I couldn't take that honor away from you. Jenkins, be my guest. Come quickly, we're under attack. Hey, gosh, sir, <clears throat> General Custis, uh-huh. they're on all sides of us, Colonel. In fact, I could have sworn I just saw an Indian riding away from your tent. Uh-huh. You don't say so, General. Oh, I'm uh-huh. losing my mind. Quickly, quickly, get on your horse, Colonel. There's no time to lose. Look at them. There must be 10,000
2: Indians. Two arms, man. <laughs> April Fool, General Custis. <laughs> it's just a... Big Indian masquerade. The joke's on you. <laughs> that one was a little... Okay. Gee, aren't we having fun, General Custer? This is the best Indian masquerade I would ever have.
1: Are you sure that's the way it happened? And take it from me. Yeah. Well, it wasn't much of a masquerade. No, that wasn't quite the word. Quite the word, no. (laughs) Well, uh, how do you happen to know this story? Well, because the colonel who rode to the east on Jenkins' horse was my grandfather. Amazing. And what was his name? He never told me. He was too ashamed. (laughs) Understandable. And that Indian war bonnet you're holding in your hand... Is that the very one he wore? Yes, Stan. It's a family heirloom. Those feathers. Are they eagle? No, Stan. Chicken. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, we've received so many cards and letters uh, congratulating us on the fable we did on our first show two weeks ago that we have been truly overwhelmed here at CBS. From a personal standpoint, I am deeply grateful and delighted that you enjoyed Incident at Los Verosis. We have another such fable planned in the immediate future. And, oh, yes, to the Nevada Chamber of Commerce, thanks so much for the do-it-yourself hangman's news kit. <laughs> you really shouldn't have. So until next week, then, this is Stan Freeberg saying thanks for listening, God bless you, and good night. Stan Freeberg's show is produced in Hollywood by Keith Barnum and is written by Stan Freeberg and Keith Barnum with original songs by Stan Freeberg. Featuring the music of Philly May, Judd Conlon for the mayor, and the songs of Peggy Taylor. With Charles Butler, Peter Lee, and June Parade. Also in the cast of Virginia Gregg and her vibrant, Bud Sewell speaking.
3: Well, how did you like the Sam Freeberg show?
1: Uh, you can't go by me.